الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, um, we're going to continue inshallah from our seerah and um, discussing the life of the Prophet wasallam. and just as a recap, you know, uh, in the last, uh, last few days, in the last, uh, from the beginning of the month of Ramadan till now, we've been discussing uh, various aspects of the life of the Prophet وسلم, and it's been in the summary where we haven't dwelled into the seerah of the Prophet وسلم, but we've been discussing major events of the life of the Prophet and in that there's uh, you know many lessons that we've been taking uh, many details that we've been learning about the Prophet Sallallahu life and not only that um, these are ways that we're able to uh, seek guidance to uh, um, to our uh, the path and the way of life that we live in our life and seeing how did the Prophet Sallallahu live and go through the trials and tribulations and also how Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala selected the Prophet Sallallahu and made the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know, change his environment, change the character to get him ready for the mission and get him ready for the events that will happen. And now, in the recent uh, events that we've spoken about um, in the last few uh, uh, sessions, you know, just to recap, in the we we spoke about how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he went through the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And then the following year, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he sp uh, talked. Uh, he went for the uh, Umrah, and then finally we talked about the conquest of Makkah, and how the Fath of Makkah was a way that Islam expanded and went through uh, uh, the different tribes and different clans of the Arabian Peninsula. And then about a year and a half after that, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he uh, the the tribes they break the treaty of Hudaybiyah and the conquest of Makkah occurs and the Prophet ﷺ later uh, the major battles 
of Hunayn happened. And then we spoke about uh, Tabuk, which was meeting the Romans and uh, um, showing them that the Muslims are here and the Muslims are in charge. And now we're at the stage um, where about now uh, the Prophet Sallallahu age is about 61. So he's coming to the end of the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And now what we'll be speaking about uh, as far as the major events are concerned are the Prophet Sallallahu's last few years and uh, to kind of focus from the time when the Fatah of Makkah happened Islam started to grow a lot and not only in the sense of the Arabian Peninsula the tribes around and the tribes uh, around the, the peninsula but the people started catching wind and every the neighboring kingdoms they knew that the Muslims are here and the this is the truth and this is the uh, the the this is Islam. So now, in about sixty one years, we have about two more years to cover. Inshallah, we'll cover those two years today, and then, like I mentioned before, Inshallah, tomorrow uh, we will have the du'a and we will have our teacher Mufti Mudathir who will come, uh, you know, speak a few words and also, um, you know do the dua for the last final chapter you can say of the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and as I, I always mentioned the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not just restricted to uh what we've been saying cuz we've been just mentioning the major events but if we look at it there's so many lessons and so many things that we can learn from the seerah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam if we go into different different aspects and like i mentioned that each story and each event is a is a lesson that we can take for our life and a lesson that we can make sure that um, you know we can kind of abide by those rules now in in these uh, three years you know 861 62 and 63 there's majority of the tribes are now accepting Islam and this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions that you see the people they're accepting Islam. Afwaja, afwaj means fold means a, a fold and a group, one group after another group. There's people that are accepting Islam. So now, in the area, the dominance is the Muslims. The Romans in the north have now known about the Muslims, and they they recognize that this is uh this is a kingdom of the Arabs. This is a the the empire of the Muslims and the scattered Arab tribes are now sending many many people to the Prophet ﷺ. So in this year, the ninth Hijra, which is about the 22 years after prophethood, and the Prophet ﷺ is 62 years old at this moment. Many of the tribes they send their um, delegations and they send their people to meet the Prophet ﷺ. And some of the scholars they mentioned this happened in the eighth hijra and including the eighth uh, continued into the ninth, and in the ninth it happened a lot where there was almost a hundred um, delegations that were sent to the Prophet and these delegations all didn't come just to accept Islam, right? Some of these delegations came to ask the Prophet certain questions. Some of them came to uh, find out more about Islam. Some of them came to challenge the Prophet but nevertheless, these people came to the Prophet ﷺ. Right? So they, they 
recognize that this is something that is, uh, you know, the this is something that was never done before. You know, the Arabs, they were scattered. They were used to fight. But now this is something that is uniting the Arabs. They're sending their delegations. Either they're accepting Islam and they're becoming Muslims or they want to come under the protection and under the rule of the Muslims. And if they do that, they give the jizya tax, uh, tax for their protection. Or they uh, are asking about Islam. They're asking the Prophet ﷺ, why don't you send some, uh, uh, you know, some of your companions and some of your teachers so that we can learn about uh, more about Islam. So this happens in this ninth year of Hijrah. Uh, we won't go into all of the delegations that came. Like I mentioned, there's so many of them. But inshallah, what we'll, we will do is just mention some of the you know uh, famous ones uh, that came came and met the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So one of the famous one is uh, the Man bin Thalaba, right? And he was from uh, the Banu Saad, the tribe of Banu Saad. And the reason why this this uh, uh, you know conversation or this meeting was so uh, interesting was that it was very simple. And we look at our deen, our deen is very simple. It's not something that is complicated. It's not something that, um, you know, you need a PhD. To implement deen and Islam is something that all you have to do is have to have the desire to follow. Right? And with that, you know, we can make sure that we can be the best of Muslims. And, and the, the hadith will mention um, how that is. So he was from the tribe of the uh, Banu Sa'ad. And they came and he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he was a Bedouin. He came to the Prophet ﷺ and he says, you know, uh, who's the son of Abdul Muttalib? And that was what the, remember, at that time, you know, they're, they're coming and they're trying to uh, find out more about the Prophet ﷺ. So he says, who's the son of Abdul Muttalib? And the people, they point out to the Prophet ﷺ. So he says, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to be straightforward about it. I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush. And so the Prophet ﷺ says, ask your questions. And he says that, you know, uh, uh, a message of yours came. And remember, uh, just about two years ago or a few years ago, the Prophet ﷺ reached out to many of the tribes and many of the people, uh, inviting them towards Islam. And he wrote them letters and he sent uh, messengers to invite them. And so they said that, you know, uh, your messenger came to us and this messenger told us that you're a, a prophet um, and the Prophet ﷺ, he replies, yes, that, that is the truth. That is what uh, um, has been said. And then he said, who created the heavens and the earth? And the Prophet ﷺ replied that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth. And then he said, who made the mountain and everything in, uh, in it? He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it. And then he said, I ask you, I, I beseech you in the name of the ones that has created the heavens and the earth, that has he sent you and has he made you a prophet? And so then again, the Prophet sallallahu he replied, yes, that this is the, the you know, command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has sent me as a prophet. And, you know, he kept asking him and he asked him about charity. And then the zakat and the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has uh, made zakat uh, uh, mandatory. He asked about the fasting in the month of Ramadan. And he said, yes, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, uh, commanded this. And similarly, the Hajj. And then when he asked all of these questions, now these are the basics, right? We know these as the pillars of Islam. These are the basic things that are you know, uh, demanded of us as Muslims. So now after asking all of these, all he does is, he says, uh, I swear by the one that has sent you that I'm not going to do anything more than this, nor am I going to do anything less than this. So he said, I'm only going to do the bare minimum and the required things that you have asked me to do. And so the, the Prophet wasallam, he said, if he spoke the truth, then he will most certainly go to Jannah. Meaning that if he, if he has said something that is the truth, then he will enter into Jannah and he will be from the people that uh, go into Jannah. And that's our situation. You know, you look at uh, Islam, it's not so, uh, you know, complicated. Once a person starts practicing, the rest of deen becomes easy for an individual. And, you know, the idea and the thought is that people start wondering and thinking that how, how is it possible and how can we practice on deen? And sometimes they get a little scared thinking that there's so many things and so many, uh, you know, halal, haram, and we have to do this and do that. But the reality is, is a person just does the, starts doing what they have to do, you know, just starts from one area and does the basics. Then every single part of deen, the rest of deen starts becoming easier and easier. You know, a person may think that, you know, how am I going to pray and how am I going to fast and this and that. But just start fasting and start praying. And then that becomes easier. Now, tilawat of Qur'an, reading the Qur'an, reciting uh, the Qur'an, that becomes easier. And then once a person is praying, then nafil prayer becomes easier. Sunnah prayer becomes easier. So that's something that we have to keep in mind. Another delegation that we're going to speak about is the Tunib uh, uh, Tujib that came and accepted Islam. And what was interesting about this tribe was when they came and uh, uh, they came to the, uh, the Prophet wasallam, they came with their leftover money for uh, zakah. So the Prophet wasallam would send people and send individuals or the tribes would come to give the zakah. But now the Prophet wasallam, these people are coming to him and they have excess money that they want to spend on the Muslims. And so this was something that was not done. So Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says that no Arab tribe, no Arab delegation has come to us doing something like that. And so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that inna huda biyadillah, that indeed guidance, it's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَنْ أَرَادَ بِهِ خَيْرًا شَرَحَ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِيمَانِ And whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, wants to guide, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the, the hearts of that individual. So this was something that was, uh, you know, really nice. And then what happened is in this tribe, they, uh, uh, the people, the Prophet ﷺ sent them back with a lot of gifts. And he gave gifts to every single one of those people. And he asked, you know, did I leave out anybody? So he says, did I leave out anybody? And then, uh, you know, one of the people, he says, you know, you didn't leave out anybody, but there's a young boy with us. There is a young uh, boy with us that has not gotten a gift from you. So the Prophet sallallahu he said, uh, um, you know, send me that boy also and I will give that boy a gift. So this is another interesting uh, story. The boy comes to the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet sallallahu he, he says 
that, you know, what do you want? And what is it that you need? So the Prophet ﷺ asked that and he says that instead of all of these gifts, he says, pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives me. He blesses me and showers mercy upon me and put riches in my heart. So the Prophet ﷺ, he made dua for that young boy and he left Medina. Later, when the people around became, you know, uh, after the Prophet ﷺ uh, 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 passed away, the people started uh, becoming murtad and they be left Islam. But the boy, he didn't leave Islam because of this dua of the Prophet ﷺ. And he was actually able to bring his people back to uh, firm faith. So this was this uh, delegation that came to the Prophet ﷺ. Um, another delegation uh, that we'll talk about is the Christians from Najran. And this, the story of this is that the Prophet ﷺ, he sent... Uh, invitation to the bishop of Najran that accept Islam and the da'wah of Islam and the the bishop you know uh, he he thought about it he asked his advisors and then what he did is after seeking consultation and asking his advisors he sends a, a group of about 60 men to the prophet sallallahu and these individuals came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when they when they come and walk into the streets of Medina they wear their uh, silk fancy clothes. They, they put their gold rings on their hands. And so uh, uh, it's a type of, you know, having a lot of, uh, you know, uh, pride for what they have. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he was a very humble person. So when he saw all of this, he didn't speak to them. And he refused to talk to them until they kind of uh, uh, humbled themselves and came to the Prophet ﷺ. So the next day they came again and they asked the Prophet Sallallahu they talked to the Prophet Sallallahu in a humble manner. And so the Prophet Sallallahu he spoke to them and he told them, he invited them again to Islam and to uh, Deen and the, they, they told the Prophet Sallallahu different, different excuses. And so the Prophet Sallallahu he says, there's three things keeping you away from Islam. Number one is worshipping uh, uh the cross, the crucifix, uh, number two, eating pork, and number three, claiming that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a son. Now, when they were doing this, um, you know, they started arguing with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They said, you know, if you say that uh, Allah doesn't have a son, then how is it possible, and how is it possible that, uh, um, you know, Jesus, Isa salam, was born without a father? And so the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he, he uh, uh, to answer their, this question Allah subhanahu wa taala reveals ayat and he says Inna mathal Isa inda Allah kamathal Adam khalaqahu min turabin thumma qala lahu kun fayakun that indeed the example of Isa alaihissalam is uh, according to Allah subhanahu wa taala is the example of Adam alaihissalam so this is the answer that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gives to these the, this delegation and not only that, he says, فَيَكُونَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, Isa salam had a mother. And the Christians, they were amazed at the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Isa salam without a father. And here, Adam salam is created without a mother or a father. So this was something that was, uh, you know, a proof for them, against them, that indeed Islam is a true religion. 
the example of Isa salam is the example of Adam salam where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created him without a mother or a father. So it's not something that is, you know, uh, out of the qudrat and out of the might and power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he creates Isa salam without a father. So then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you know, they, they think about this and they ponder over what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says. And then he invites them to a challenge. You know, what we call mubahala, which is calling the, the families out and calling the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you are wrong. Saying that if what I say is wrong, then may the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon me. And this was something that uh, used to be done at that time, uh, even before Islam. And so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he says, um, you know, if, if what I'm saying is wrong, meaning that, uh, uh, you know, the statements that what I'm saying is wrong, then why don't we do this? And so the Christians, these were, you know, their priests, their uh, uh, religious class. So they thought about it and they said that, you know, we cannot go against uh, this person because if he is a prophet, then we're actually just harming ourselves. We're going to be calling the curse of Allah upon ourselves and we will be destroyed. And so they agreed to be under the Muslim rule. So they said that, you know, we'll give the jizya. And when we give the jizya, then we will uh, um, be under the Muslim rule. So the Prophet ﷺ agrees to this and he sends a companion to go with them to their land to take this payment. And while he's going, some of the, the I believe two of the people in that delegation, they accept Islam. And they become Muslims. Uh, um, um, they become Muslims just on the way, looking at the character and the qualities of the, of the uh, companions of the Prophet Another delegation that we spoke about before also, but just to kind of touch up um, uh, about them. Um, that group, remember the Prophet ﷺ, after the battle of uh, Hunayn, he surrounded Ta'if and Ta'if was surrounded for a few days. And after, um, you know, surrounding Ta'if and seeing that there is no way to break uh, into the, the, the fort, the Prophet ﷺ left for Medina, right? So he did his... Uh, um, the conquest and then there was the battle and then uh, along with the battle of Hunayn the Prophet Sallallahu also uh, surrounded Ta'if because that the people retreated into uh, Ta'if so now while he's going back a delegation comes and Urwa bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu who wasn't Muslim at that time but he was the chief of one of the chiefs of Ta'if he catches up with the Muslims before they, re they reach Medina and he accepts Islam and then he tells them that, you know, uh, uh, he wants to go back and invite the people and invite the, the people of Ta'if to Islam. So the Prophet wasallam says, you know, if you go back, they're going to kill you. The people, your people are going to kill you. Again, he asked the Prophet wasallam once, twice. Three times he asked the Prophet wasallam and again the Prophet wasallam finally he says, you know, if you really want to go and invite them to Islam, then go. And so he goes and again, exactly as Rasulullah says, um, when he invites uh, his people to Islam, they think that this is a, a, you know, 
uh, treachery and they shoot him with arrows and they kill him. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he says that this is the example of Urwa is the example of the man from Surah Yasin. That he came and he warned his uh, people to believe in the Prophet but what they did in uh, return was uh, take him out and kill him. So now once this happened, the people of Ta'if started realizing the fact that now, you know, we can uh, uh, we can't fight Islam. And it's, it's just vast and it's just growing everywhere. All of the tribes are accepting. Uh, this was something that was, you know, like I said before, unheard of. This was something that the, the people were not ready for. And now when they see the fact that this is happening, they say that we cannot combat Islam. So they also sent a delegation to the Prophet And what's really interesting about this is the Prophet he uh, invites them and he, you know, he, he makes a tent uh, in, in the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. And then they stay in the masjid and they're looking at this interaction of what the Prophet ﷺ is doing with the Muslims, their prayer, the way they are with each other, their akhlaq. And this is something that they can understand. Remember, this is paganism worship, uh, versus worshipping one Allah. So they can understand and they're, they're, they're seeing this. right? Sometimes people are so... Uh, you know, so away from deen that the actions and the the uh, spiritual aspects of Islam and deen doesn't make sense to them. So this is why the Prophet ﷺ, his type of da'wah was, let them see this and come to their own terms. Right? Let them uh, uh, kind of study Islam and look at uh, Islam in their own terms. So this was uh, a way that the Prophet ﷺ helped them. So now what happens is, finally they say, you know what? We will become Muslims, but there's few things that we can't do. So he says, they say that, uh, they asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we can't, uh, we can't leave our wine. And not only that, we can't leave zina, and uh, uh, which is adultery, and we can't leave riba. These are things that they were uh, so common, that so into their lives that they couldn't leave. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he rejects their offer, right? There's no negotiation that can happen. This is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he rejects them and then finally they insist, okay, fine, we'll accept that. But, you know, we can't, we can't uh, break our own idol. And if we remember, um, at that time, there was these uh, uh, big temples that were there. And Mecca had uh, the big temple of Hubla. And Ta'if had this big temple of Lat. And then by the coastal Red Sea, there was Manat by uh, Medina. And so the Prophet ﷺ, these are, uh, uh, all of them are destroyed except the last one standing is Lat, which is in Ta'if. And they say that, you know, we can't destroy it um, it's, uh, for, with our hands. So the Prophet ﷺ agreed to this, saying that, okay, fine, you don't have to destroy it with your own hands. And the Prophet ﷺ, he sends Khalid bin Walid, Mughira bin Shorba to go and destroy this uh, uh, final temple and big idol of Lat. And once this is done, the Prophet ﷺ has now gotten rid of all the temples and all the idols of the pagans in that time. And this was something that marked the beginning of uh, Islam all throughout. And now if we remember, um, a year ago, the Prophet ﷺ has sent uh, Abu Bakr radiyal, uh, Ali anhu to the Hajj. And he was uh, charged with the instructions to announce 
and to tell the people that uh, the pagans and the mushrikeen are not allowed to come to the masjid anymore. They're not allowed to come to Masjid al-Haram anymore after this year. So now, not only are they uh, uh, not allowed to come and do their tawaf and their other rites, but now all of their centers and all of their uh, uh, temples are now done with and now their tribes and their people and their customs are coming in line with the Muslims. So now these are the last, uh, you know, two years of the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, uh, a year and a half actually. And we see now in the final stages, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he decides to go for his Hajj. And when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam goes for his Hajj, there's many people that hear that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is going for Hajj. And you know, you can imagine nowadays people get such excitement and such zeal knowing that a scholar is going for uh, Hajj and you know, uh, so, so and so is going for a Hajj. They also uh, want to be with them. They want to be part of their, their Hajj uh, groups. So now the, the people, they hear that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is going to go for Hajj. And now this is the last year of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's life. All right, this is now uh, about the 10th year of Hijrah. The Prophet Sallallahu is about 63 years old. Um, 23 years of prophethood have come. Um, so about 30,000 people, they join in for this Hajj. And you know you can imagine the Prophet Sallallahu Islam is now, he's seen Islam from the stages when it was just growing to the fact that people are not accepting Islam left, right, and center. And not only that, now the entire uh, um, area, you know, uh, the cities, they're all under the control of the Prophet ﷺ, but even then, he's living his life in, in a way that is very humble, and a way that he is working every single day, and he is striving and pushing himself every single day. Right? Compare that to anybody that takes over a city or a kingdom or an empire, they would live like kings. But here the Prophet ﷺ prefers to live in a humble manner. So this is when the Prophet ﷺ, he takes his, uh, uh, these 30,000 people and he sets out for the farewell hajj, what we call the hajjatul wida. The last wida meaning farewell, that he's uh, bidding farewell to the people. And so this was also the first and only hajj of the Prophet ﷺ. So, a lot of the uh, steps that were done by Ibrahim were not uh, continued into the, the Hajj of the Pagans. So now the Prophet revives a lot of those steps and revives the actions and the things that we still continue to do till now. So the Prophet leaves Medina. The people of Medina, they're joining the tribes here that the Prophet is going for Hajj. They start tribing. Uh, they start joining, and as he's going for uh, Makkah, different different people are also joining and uh, con connecting with the Prophet sallallahu um, alaihi wasallam. And what the main event, you know, the entire Hajj itself is an event, but the main thing that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that occurs in this time is the khutbah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where he speaks to the people. And this is something that, you know, you can imagine that he has 30,000 people of his ummah in the city that has taken him out and pushed him out just about, uh, uh, you know, 
uh, about uh, 13 years ago. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, not even 13 years ago, about 10 years ago. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is talking to them. And he says, listen carefully, you know, it may be that this is the last time that I can speak these words to you. And later I will not be present to say uh, 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 any words. And, you know, the, the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, you can imagine their, their emotions at this stage that uh, their beloved Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he's speaking to them as if this is their uh, final words. And this final words, just as the father tells his son or somebody that uh, is telling their beloved what to do and the instructions. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says, you know, um, there is no, there is nothing more sacred than this day, this month, this city, than the the uh, sacredness of uh, of the life of a Muslim, of the property of a Muslim, and the the goods of a Muslim, and meaning that if if the honor a person has, it's more sacred, and the respect a person has is more sacred than the city of uh, 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 of Makkah. On the day that this was the day on Yom uh, Al-Arafa, uh, the day of Arafah, on this blessed month. And so in this uh, uh, khutbah of the Prophet Sallallahu he forbids uh, riba and interest and he reminds them, reminds the Muslims of the rights of the women. And he starts with the rights of the women and then goes into the rights of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So it, it's very interesting to see this order. Because if we look at it, at that time, what was the uh, biggest group that was being abused, right? The rights of women, they would uh, uh, not have, um, you know, proper conduct with them. And not only that, their uh, rights as far as inheritance and their wealth and their belongings. So treating them kindly and the Prophet ﷺ is encouraging them, treat them in a proper manner. And then he says, Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make sure you do your five daily prayers. Fast in the month of Ramadan. Give your zakat. Perform the hajj if you're able to. And then now comes social things, right? Now social things, he says that there is no superiority and there is no uh, fadilat over a uh, ajmi and over a uh, non-Arab over an Arab. Over a black person that is over a white person or white person for a black person, right? And every single person is just one brotherhood. And don't do injustice by yourselves where you're harming each other. And so the, finally, uh, at the end of this, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, uh, you know, that have I conveyed my message to you? That have I conveyed my message to you? And he's asking these, these people that are around him, these individuals, these companions, have I done my job? Right? If, if we really understand that, then we see that uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he knows that he's going to pass away. He knows he doesn't have that much time. And what is he, his concern and what is his worry? His major concern and worry is, have I conveyed what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has put me in charge of? And once we realize that, we see that even the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was insan. He was human. And he was worried about what will happen. So he's... Uh, uh, telling them, whoever has heard this, 
send it to others, give it to others, convey it to others, and make sure that everybody hears about this. So now that was the farewell hajj of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is also the time where Allah subhanahu wa taala reveals the ayat al-yom akmatu lakum dinakum wa tamamtu alaykum ni'mati wa radiitu lakum al-Islam adina that today I have completed and perfected your religion and I have completed it uh, uh, my uh, completed my bounties upon you and I am pleased uh, with Islam as your deen. So now this is a uh, you know, joyous occasion for the Muslims that all of the rulings and all of the uh, injunctions of Islam were now complete. And not only that, some narrations, some accounts mention uh, before this, the Muslims didn't know Islam with the word of Islam. They, they knew it as uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to them as mu'mineen or muslimin uh, or being hanif or the deen of Muhammad. Um, so now this is the official title that now this is Islam. And what happens is in, in these last moments, right? These last years leading up, uh, not years, uh, 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 days and months leading up to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's demise is where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, as he mentions, فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ That he says, remember, glorify Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and seek istighfar. So in these last moments, the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Alaihi uh, routine is to dwell into istighfar and dwell into the worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And in the last moments, there's few things just to mention. Um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is in continuous um, ibadat of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Um, he sets out, remember, uh, the Romans in the north, uh, they said that they were going to attack and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took 30,000 to go, um, you know, defend and attack them. But they didn't show up. But again, they started attacking the neighboring tr- tribes of the Arabs. So again, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent 3,000 men uh, with Osama bin Zayd, who's a very young individual right now. And he sends them off. And this is the last expedition that was prepared by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Right? And uh, when before, uh, I mean the the battle of that was sent uh, in the north for the Romans, the battle of uh, Muta, that was uh, actually fought, right? Uh, uh, that was fought, and uh, the people, you know, uh, there was three generals. There was Zain bin uh, Haritha radiAllahu taala anhu, uh, Jafar bin Abi Talib, Abdullah ibn Rawaha, who, um, as one passed away, the other took the leadership, and then that one. Uh, fought, they passed away, and then another took the leadership. This was a very fierce battle, actually. And that was about three years ago. And again, they started coming and attacking the neighboring tribes. So the Prophet sent 3,000 men under Zayd bin, uh, uh, Osama bin Zayd. And as they're about you know two miles away from Medina, they hear that the Prophet is getting sick. And he's very ill. So Osama bin Zayd, what he does is he camps the army there, and they wait for uh, uh, news about the Prophet ﷺ getting better. And inshallah, what we'll mention tomorrow is uh, you know, the demise of the Prophet ﷺ and the events that took place uh, after that. Uh, there were some people, uh, you know, three individuals that were false prophets that rise up and say that, you know, we were prophets Musaylama uh, uh, Al-Kadhab in uh, the area of Yamama 
Um, and then there was two more, and all of these, uh, you know, Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala, who he, he kills Musaylama. Um, the other one is assassinated by his own people. Uh, there's one Tulayha, he uh, surrenders to uh, Khalid bin Walid, and, you know, their fitna and their trial is done with. But inshallah, what we'll do is tomorrow is we'll discuss the, the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the uh, events that took place, and then we'll inshallah conclude with a dua. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allow us to understand this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to implement the qualities and the akhlaq of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, bring it into our lives, into our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this from us. Wa da'wana an alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Thank you.